A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swamp Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. And I am going to ask you, how the devil are you? Because this morning you did our morning meeting from your balcony. I'm trying out new parts of the house. I've exhausted the living room. I've exhausted the sofa. I don't know if you've noticed our daily meetings. I've exhausted the bedroom too now. So I thought, it looks mighty inviting outside, but a little bit chilly in the shade. Not if I bring my very heavy 15 kilogram weighted blanket with me though. Oh, I was a snuggly work bunny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were so hard up for new ways to do the morning meeting. Yesterday, you did it on your phone. Yeah, Google Hangouts has rebranded as Google Meets, which brought with it a new mobile app. So I thought I'd try try that out as well. Yeah, it's just one of the many, many ways I'm injecting flavour into <clears throat> this monotonous, repetitive existence. How is lockdown treating you? Yeah, it's actually okay. You know, <laughs> it's both. It's mostly fine. Um, but let's dive into the AEW show first off because a bit different this week. Ollie Davis has got a pitch. Hey, we all thought that only Adam was doing the fantasy booking. No, 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 podcasts. Turns out Ollie Davis has got some ideas up his sleeve as well. Here is the show. before we get into it, here's a bit of fantasy booking because I thought last night's episode was really, really good throughout and there was another really cool, intriguing Dark Order promo and I thought this was the most that the Mr. Brody Lee character has fitted with what we had from the Dark Order before he, he joined really because one of my criticisms so far of the gimmick has been he's been fudged into the Dark Order faction. So what he's been doing and how he's been running his skits kind of undermines all the good work that Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, who have completely disappeared, really, 
uh, did beforehand. Of course, that could be for social distancing reasons, and, and it's it, it's because they're in Canada. Yeah, so they can't so they can't get in for it. However, that does not stop them from doing uh, video based stuff to at least feel like they're still part of the act. Exactly, cults can exist over Zoom, right? <laughs> so, uh, look at us. But there was a segment in last night's episode where. It's it's like a failed football player, failed college football player, because he's looking at sort of past glories, the Heisman Trophy on there. Do you know what the Heisman Trophy is, Luke? Uh, is it a football thing? It, I believe it's the trophy given to the best player in college football for the season. <clears throat> they do the best ball. Yes. They do the best football. They've, they've got the best balls uh, between cool. them. <clears throat> and he's, he's sort of going through his past glories, and, you know, what's he going to do now? He's a muscular big guy. You can see by the shot going over his shoulder. And then he, like, cuts to him searching for the Dark Order. And he goes to Brody Lee. Mr. Brody Lee interviews him, asks him about his height. You know, this is all playing into the Vince McMahon parody stuff, where he, he, he prefers ex-football players and he wants big, sweaty men, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was watching this, and I, I, I thought, well, is this a faceless minion? Do we know who it is? Could they be teasing one of the released WWE stars from the previous week? And then I read somewhere that it was Preston Vance. And now I don't know where I, I got that information from. <laughs> so, because you were the... I, I, you said to me this morning, here's what I was thinking of doing for the podcast is this pitch. And I kind of misunderstood what you said at first. I thought you were saying that the guy that was in the chair was a reference to one of the people that has been released. So I was like, oh, who is it? So I can put together the thumbnail. And then you're like, no, it's some guy named Preston Vance. And I'm like, oh, cool. I mean, I've never heard of that name. And then just before we got onto this, you were like, I don't know where I got that information from. I can no longer find it's it. It's weird. It's You know, this was something I researched at seven in the morning. It's now like seven <laughs> hours after that. So, uh, yeah, so whoever it was... I think it's quite clear they weren't one of the released wrestlers from last Wednesday. I think we're safe to say that because, it, you know, people have recognisable shoulders. We've got a whole round in Quizzlemania about guessing people by their nips. And this didn't seem to be any of them. But it did get me thinking, you know, that at the end, they did, Mr. Brodie Lee did offer this, this wrestler a place in the Dark Order. And it got me thinking about what a great idea to lean into. Your whole gimmick is recruiting people who feel like they've been downtrodden and not given a fair shake of the stick and they feel resentful because of it and they want to be part of something else. And that was your pre-existing faction gimmick. And now you've added an actual Vince McMahon parody character as its leader. So so surely you should be... Zack Ryder's very good friends with Cody anyway. I'm not saying he he should be the right person to move over for this. But man, Kurt Hawkins, famous for a losing streak. Heath Slater, famous for doing stuff for his kids. Like, those two guys, they should be searching for the Dark Order right now. And, you know, I, I put him on the thumbnail because this came in as a suggestion on a Patreon mailbag. I think we did on last Friday's episode. But Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan has already got connections to Brody Lee as a former member of the Wyatt family. In fact, you know, the chap in the email even said, I used to have the whole world in my hands, which is obviously was an old Bray Wyatt uh, claim. Um, 
And, you know, Eric Rowan has got the claim that I was on top of the world at one point. You know, I was the top guy on SmackDown and then I went to Raw and I was given a crap gimmick. And you can essentially just turn that into part of the character was just like I was then handed a bad deal and I got fired because of that bad deal. I think I, I can't believe I didn't once think of Rowan in all of this. I think because there's a part in my head that still thinks he's on the Raw roster. I said, that's weirdly the one I can't get my head round, that Rowan got yeah. released. Um, but yeah, I just, it's one of those things that you can just quite easily change the direction of whatever storyline you were going to do. And it would make it, I'm not saying it's bad now, I'm really enjoying the Brodely stuff, especially now they're making it more coherent with the, the larger Dark Order lore. But if you start to add in these wrestlers the week after they were fired... Uh, because they can't wrestle but can that does does that mean they can't appear for 90 days I too i think it also means you can't appear because you are effectively be, still being paid by them mm. i think there was a thing with lesnar when he went over to new japan um uh during his sort of like 90 day and that was that was a bit of an issue i think they went to court over it and everything like that hence the, the t- tattoo um but yeah so I, I i don't think they could even appear on this but i think that you could have done a segment or you could do a segment with the Dark Order, with the Mr. Brody Lee character, where, you know, he is talking to someone on the phone, being like, oh, yeah, I mean, the way you got yourself over in 2012 with your, your YouTube show was absolutely, you know, it was mind-blowing. It was really good. I don't think you... And, you know, you essentially just drop in these things. You could just say, oh, yeah, that, you know, I know you had you didn't win a match for two hundred and sort of two twenty five thousand or whatever it was matches. You just say these things that fans recognise. So you're not overly you're not overtly saying we're hiring Kurt Hawkins, we're hiring Zack Ryder, we're hiring Eric Rowan. But you can just drop these little things in to make fans go, ah, they're talking about this. I know who they're talking about, and I think that's that's what a lot of fans like. They like to know the thing that they are referencing. They like to get the in joke. That's really that's a really smart way of doing it, and then in 90 days time in three months you know we might be in a place where those people could not just li- like legally appear because the the non-compete clause would be expired but they can also sort of socially distance appear where you know people can start running still no fans i expect but you can get more people to these tapings to to have more of the roster on the show and i just so it would be a case of taking a very serious thing uh, a very real life thing that there's a similar discussion that Laurie and Pete are going to have later on the NXT review about how WWE used Drake Maverick's release as part of the NXT Cruiserweight tournament story um, on on last night's episode, and th- 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 there is an argument for that being bad taste. However, I think AEW would be justified because it was such a cynical act by WWE to release those wrestlers. In that time, and that you know, AEW are meant to be the moral opposite to, to how WWE conduct themselves. I think it would add; it would actually be quite a, a very biting satire of how their rival company does business, and and something that's quite needed to be called out on on a on a bigger stage. Particularly if if you want to sort of add some heel heat onto the the Mister Brody Lee character, is you then fire them again? Well, I I think that's the way you've got to do it. I didn't think of firing, but yeah, that could yeah, that's huge. But you yeah. you you couldn't then get Mr. Brody Lee 
taking these Heath Slaters or Kurt Hawkins under his wing and then, you know, them being really successful. Like, the whole idea would be it would just repeat the same mistakes because Mr. Brody Lee is a heel and a bad guy. Uh, and he, he should bully them. But then, and Heath Slater in particular, Heath Slater and Zack Ryder have some some natural babyface charisma and connection with the fans when they really want to. And I think to see them as an underdog rising up against the, the mob boss, they can they can effectively act out the Vince McMahon, you never gave me a, a fair chance as, as a storyline. I, I keep thinking with of Heath Slater in that referee spot. Do you remember? That it was very short-lived. Yeah, yeah, it was really short-lived, wasn't it? I was going to say Zach works really well in this role, as you say, because he's got that, that, that sort of raw connection that fans really, really connect to. But also he's got the connection to Cody. And you can then spin this off into not only Zach versus Brody Lee, but also Cody versus Brody as well. And, you know, to, to really sort of establish the Brody Lee character once we're able to sort of pick this all back up again. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Brody Lee in Zack Ryder's corner, like screaming at him to, you know, beat up his best friend, maybe getting Zack Ryder to come out in a sort of Stardust style gimmick. Uh, oh. oh, there's there's a lot of stuff you can do there that would would be really really neat really neat mm. this is Paige the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box and if you break it down it really comes out to two dollars a manicure which is absolutely insane it's also so easy to get salon worthy nails at home with olive and june the difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the manny system is a complete game changer the best thing about olive and june too is it's a quick dry dries in about one minute lasts for five days and full coverage in up to one to two coats visit oliveandjune.com slash perfect manny 20 for 20 percent off your first system that's oliveandjune.com slash perfect manny 20 for 20 percent off your first system Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, right, shall we do our Patreon yes, shout-outs? Uh, before we get into the shout-outs themselves, uh, I had a, a tweet today from one of our pledge hammers, um, Erica Duran, who's been one of mm. our long-running um, Patreon pledge hammers, and she wanted us to wish her brother a happy birthday. Um, so, happy Aww. birthday. Erica yeah. Duran's brother. Did <laughs> she say a name? So, but happy birthday nonetheless. <laughs> Happy birthday, brother! Uh, but for our $25 a month or more, pledge hammers on Patreon. Wonderwall! Brian nice. Gallagher. Uh, Blompier's number one fan, Tom Delves. Well, thank you, Tom. The submission magician, Sean oh, Bessler. Nice. Oh, here's a good lad. Get the Guinness in. It's Dylan from Cork. Top man, top lad. Thank you, Dylan. The Wrestle Talk sign oh, guy. Nice, I like it. Uh, please, sir, can I have some more Dom Hall bags or Domnall bags? Thank you very much. James Golden Gate Etheridge. The Ooh. biker, Judas Sexton. Ooh. Thank you very much. The Juan and <laughs> only like Gabriel. Uh, Jason Voorhees Filippini. Thank you, Jason. Finding Jory. Yes. D Bon. Good, good puns there. Ryan the Flamethrower. Thank you, Flamethrower. And the life no, of very Flynn. nice. And also on the super chats, we have Hawkeye Jeremy Runner. And in the chat, Dowd. the best. Dowd. Tomo. And Tomo. Tomo. And back, uh, Garage Art with a V. Les was the back up there so thank you all you beautiful mods for your continued hard work even in these times High five. um but let's see what you guys thought on the sir 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 super chats ah so the bad one ryan b bad confirms Brody Lee posted it on Twitter. It's Preston Vance, aka Ten. Um, so yes, Preston Vance is a uh, is is sort of a, a very undercard wrestler on their on the AEW roster. I think he's wrestled once okay. on Dark. And like they're, they're numbering the gimmicks them. Uh, the gimmicks. They're numbering the minions them because remember they had that tag match against uh, QT Marshall and Dustin where they were just like seven and excuse me seven and eight or whatever they were called. Uh, what happened to nine? Uh, I don't know. Seven, eight, nine. Uh. <laughs> uh, and Rangers Mayhem also adds, the newspaper article in the video package has Preston Vance's so name on it. What's quite lovely so. here is that no one was actually bothered to talk about the pitch, but just wanted to correct you. So, you know, very nice. Yes. <laughs> that is nice of them. Uh, some other super chats on the episode. Miguel 8A. I'm loving the trio of Jimmy Havoc, Kip Sabian, and Penelope Ford. I'm curious what you guys would name them. P.S. Haven't seen it yet, but I hope my boy Ollie finally got a win on Quizzlemania. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm also uh, loving the trio of uh, Jimmy Kip and Ford, to be honest. I, I, I really like them. It's actually, I mean, one of my notes I've got on today's show is, God, it's bloody lovely to see Jimmy Havoc wrestle again. Yeah, he's got a, a unique style yeah, and before, of violence. Like, pe- you know, pe- when yeah. people wrestle, he feels violent. And before violent. anyone says, I'm sure he's had plenty of matches on Dark. Uh, I don't know what a name. I don't think you need a name. Not every trio or sort of actor needs a name. So, and you know, I I don't know if this is going to be a long-term thing either. I really like the havoc Kip dynamic, though, because it is kind of, you know, Jimmy represents the punk UK, like English invasion, British invasion of the states, and Kip's more the One Direction (laughs) pop invasion of the states. So I don't know if there's something they could lean into there. And Flame Inc. says, Notification said you just went live, but you were talking about the Heisman Trophy. What did we miss? Also, thoughts on Jake Roberts' lockdown at DDP's home. Uh, I don't really have many thoughts on it. I'm just glad that he's safe. Um, DDP's a good lad. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, you'll be able to see what we talked about once the show's over. You can go watch the replay uh, so we, we won't uh, recover everything again. Yeah. Uh, and WWE-related PSX kill shots. Why have a money in the bank on top of a seven-story building? I mean, really? Climb a ladder on top of a huge building? Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, that's, I, yeah. I, I mean, I was recording something with uh, Laurie today, and I am really, really excited for Money in the Bank this year. It's 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 more ridiculous. I think you lean into the ridiculousness of it, and the end game version of that is. The WCW triple cage match <laughs> on top of a building. It always reminds it reminds so me let's of my get, friend Graham when we were uh, uh, teenage wrestling fans. And his dream matchup, he was like, because he loved the violence of wrestling and sort of the crazy stunts and everything. And he kept always saying, like, I don't know why they won't do a Hell in a Cell ladder match. Like where you, you have like, but it's a, so you have to get the ladder up on top of the cell and then climb the ladders. It's the best match ever. I don't know why they don't do that. I'm like, well, it's probably probably good reasons, mate. <laughs> We've all wait. We've all been through that stage of naive <laughs> fandom. Right, so Dynamite opened, I thought really coolly, with Cody Rhodes sitting in a sort of TV control room, but it also did look like uh, like the calculator's layer was, or Barbara Gordon's cave. layer. I was going to say, it was, I mean, I've written here, yeah, Cody yeah, yeah. cuts a promo from the Batcave. <laughs> the Cody Cave. And uh, he's just like looking at all the other wrestlers still in the TNT title I liked the line, um, did I break the throne because I was afraid to sit in it? That was a nice little line. Um, and ending with, who has the gumption? To, uh, to to win this tournament, I thought it was a yeah, it was a it was a fun way to start the show, and there's actually a lot of, I think that AEW are using this lockdown era of wrestling because the ratings aren't going up for anyone at the moment. There, you know, AEW lost last week in the ratings to uh, to NXT, which must have sucked for AEW because they had a title match on the show as well, a heavily promoted title match nonetheless. So I wonder if they are just using this stuff to try out some different things i mean some of it feels like you know uh 
time filler just because we haven't got, can't have all the wrestling but you know things like the video packages for Sammy and Darby the video package for Scorpio Sky Taz breaking down moves Cody opening things up from the bad area the, the bubbly bunch all these sorts of things just feel like well no one's really watching the show anyway so we may as well experiment with a few things and, and sort of see what sticks I think it's a, a very worthwhile investment because you're not I didn't I'd be very surprised if anyone gets new fans or new viewers during this period. This is the the core core viewers who are still watching AEW every week just because of the nature of how they've had to make shows now. And you might as well reward those viewers with really good emotional investment pieces in people like Scorpio Sky who I've never really been invested in because I you know there's not really been much to him besides he's in SCU but while his segment his little promo thing recapping his journey to becoming a professional wrestler isn't gonna it's not gonna do big ratings for the people who do stick around long term that's gonna mean so much more to them next time next time yeah, Sky has a match agree. Um, but as great as Cody's babyface promo was, it then went straight in to Chris Jericho's heel commentary, who went on an amazing run of uh, insults as Tony Schiavone ran down the show. He called Matt Hardy yeah. a moron, Kenny Omega a pumpkin head. He said, Orange Cassidy, that kid's got a bad <laughs> attitude, I say, a bad attitude. <laughs> he... And then it gets to MJF. He gets great performer. Really, really. <laughs> he had a line. Jericho is clearly very much enjoying all the, this new role that he's currently got. He had a line during this Sammy Darby match where he said, Sammy Guevara just did a, to, a tope suicida. Do you know what suicida means in Spanish? And Tony goes, no, I don't. And Jericho goes, no, neither do I. But that guy committed suicide trying to do that move. <laughs> that on, Honestly, that... That line really, yeah. really broke me. I because there's like yeah. three punchlines there. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, fantastic work all through the night with Jericho. And you think that the the amazing thing is, is he's not dis he's not detracting. No, he's from getting things over. He's he's getting things over. This is Jerry Lawler level. This is motivated, switched on Jerry Lawler without all the sort of dated yeah. <laughs> sex stuff. Re really, or, or really impressed with Jericho. He is. Um, but also very impressed with this opening match, the quarterfinal between Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. Uh, video packages to build them both up made it feel a bit bigger. Sean Spears was holding a sign at ringside that says, yep. Sammy owes me money. Just a nice bit of detail. Uh, and just... it it opened in the mirror image to their yeah, match of loved revolution that as well but it, this time it was sammy that was getting the jump on derby um even bringing out a ladder creating a ladder bridge and doing this heck of a splash off the top holy heckins totally wiped him out totally wiped out derby an amazing like way to really kickstart this match and then i thought the match after that was amazing and one of my notes here is like this is stiff and awesome yeah, these two work so well together. I think it's going to be one of those just eternal rivalries, like how Jericho Benoit was just a just was an awesome part of WWE's mid card and main event scene for yeah. just years. Uh, so great stuff. But interestingly, in the match, which was really good, 
Alan started yeah, he working. He was very heel. vicious in the match. Like tore off the boot and was like going after the f- like going after the feet, going after the toes. You know, locking in an ankle lock. You know, going to the the hold of five as well. Like the referee's count of five. Yeah, it was like it, it kind of builds nicely then into the Cody match for next week. That's it. I think that's exactly it. And Darby's character is very com- complex. Like he is the anti-hero. Is it the worldwide wrestling engine that we use for No Rolls Bar? Yeah, uh, the world wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worldwide wrestling or something like that. Yeah, it's the apocalypse yeah. engine. And the yeah the 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 way the anti-hero thing works is that you are both. You, you could go either way uh, as as a babyface and a heel. So when we say that Alan is a tweener here. And an anti-hero, like he's he is taking that to the darkest extremes. He's he's definitely gone to the full babyface version, where you know self hot tagged that time on the in that awesome main event. Here he's showing such range. I'm so impressed uh, because he did target the heels previously broken foot. Remember from back in in January and February, and he he worked him over properly like a heel. And I think it's all to set up. What that obviously the semi final encounter with Cody, which itself builds off of their tag main event a few weeks ago where he slaps yeah, Rhodes completely. down to the ground. I, oh man, I mean, I don't know which way it's going to go next week, but I really hope it's Darby that comes out winning. I think you delay that Cody Lance match, and I think Darby going up against Lance Archer for me is a more appealing final because then you've got Darby trying to overcome this big, big brutish monster in Lance Archer. I think that's an excellent story to tell. And that's AEW's brilliance right here. They've created several brilliant stories they can tell through to the final. Um, you know, maybe Dustin wins and he puts his career on the mm. line against Cody. I'd I'd like to see that. Maybe maybe Dustin is the first ever TNT champion. I wouldn't be against that. Maybe it's Darby. I think that's the guy we all wanted to at the start of this. Cody finally winning a championship, beating Lance Archer. Lance Archer establishes himself as just the murder hawk uh, leader of the mid-card. I, it's really, really good stuff. If Darby does beat Sammy, sorry, if Darby does beat Cody, that match will have to essentially turn him full yeah. babyface oh, yeah. again. And and that could be yeah. excellent, uh, but I I totally think Cody's winning because Dustin's getting murdered next yeah. week, and it's going to be a revenge yeah, story. But the the finish of this match was was really cool. With um, Sammy reversed a springboard that Darby did into the reverse GTS, which Darby then reversed to by attacking the ankle to lock in the last supper pin to get the win. Uh, and Jericho is like, he stole that win. He stole that win. It was really really good. Uh, after that, we got broken Matt Hardy doing his usual broken stuff, challenging Sammy to come to his compound. So yeah. that would be fun. A Sammy Hardy one-on-one thing. Um, and then called out Chris Jericho for not saying his name uh, because maybe some people find the broken Hardy gimmick too much for them, which was a nice, subtle addressing of how badly that teleportation shtick didn't work. Uh, but then he he says, "Well, here's the real Matt Hardy," and we got real Matt Hardy. Yeah, he kind of the promo. I'm going to instead. You won't. You don't know how to handle the broken brilliance, but you do know how to listen to the vessel of Matt Hardy. So yeah, the vessel cuts the promo, and it is just 
a straight Matt Hardy promo. There's no references to Vanguard or, you know, 3,000-year-old vampires or whatever the F. It's just a straight Matt Hardy promo saying that he is, you know, Jericho is trying to knock down the pillars of AEW and AEW is trying to build a platform for the future and he will kick everyone's ass in the inner circle until he gets to Jericho and then he's going to keep on kicking ass. So it was like, it was two really good promos. Yeah, and the real Matt Hardy wasn't in the broken getup or anything, complete costume change. It's the three mm. faces yeah, of Foley. I like this. Not, not of course to that, like, that's all-time fantastic, but this has a lot of potential and it makes it fit a lot better into AEW's universe because this version is totally more... It's just, Matt Hardy's mad and he's got split personalities and one of them is the broken yeah. Matt Hardy character. And he's also got real Matt Hardy. That I love. I don't love actual supernatural entity, literal vampire yeah, Matt Hardy. Uh, do you know what I do love, though? I love this new weekly segment of Taz running down people's moves and sort of like breaking them down piece by piece. And this week it was Omega, uh, Omega's V-Trigger and his Snapdragon Suplex. And it is just Taz showing off his expertise and his knowledge of this and talking about how like people claps their hands and they sort of zoom in it's like okay here's a different way he hits the snap suplex look at the way he steps into this it's a very mma way of doing things it's making it feel like it's a real sport and these are real people doing real moves i thought it was amazing and it's it's something about taz being super serious to this that really then gets me hyped to see that person then have a match because i i said this with uh, pete last week they did it with hager's submission which i don't think it's like i'm as I've said before, it's probably a really good move because it chokes out your windpipe or, or whatever. I'm sure it's amazing in MMA. It doesn't look cool. And wrestling is a lot. It's all about the flash and the pomp and the circumstance. And it does look like a sideways hug. And it doesn't look that cool. But when Taz breaks that down and explains to you how things are, I'm like, oh, oh man, that is a dangerous move. And now I'm actually really, I, I, I hope Moxley doesn't get caught in it. So it actually, like, it, and it did the same thing here with the Snapdragon and the V-Trigger. I thought it's amazing. Yeah, and when it, when it is immediately followed by Kenny Omega having a match, when that V-Trigger spot comes out, you're like, oh, that feels a little bit yeah. more impactful, doesn't it? Because you can sort of empathize with the, the physicality yeah, and behind it this whole match more. was built around the Snapdragon and the V-Trigger. Not the one-winged angel. This was all built around. Uh, so it was Alan Angels or Alan Angles, as Chris Jericho kept calling him, versus Kenny Omega. And it was Kenny Omega trying to get the Snapdragon, and Alan kept blocking it. And then eventually he gets the Snapdragon, and he hits a V-Trigger, does the Powerbomb V-Trigger uh, for the win. But this was actually a lot more competitive than I thought it was going to be. Alan Angles, now I'm doing it. Alan Angels got in his shot, and I thought he looked pretty good, actually. I totally agree. When uh, Alan made his entrance, you know, not I, I can't remember seeing him on Dynamite before, and the ring announcer said, a 20-minute time limit. Thought, Save your breath, mate. Don't go saying that. This is a squash match. But then we got a, a really decent five-minute match where Kenny was always in control, always knew he was going to win, and he still looked great. Like, this worked better than a, a one-minute squash, and you don't want too many of them because we certainly got enough on the show of those. And it got angles over. <laughs> angels, God damn it, Chris Jericho. It got angels over. 
I wouldn't mind seeing him again. Absolutely same here. And then actually he posted a video package of himself on Twitter that kind of shows a lot of the work he's done in the Indies. I'm like, actually, he's got he's got a really cool look. I'm quite into this guy at the moment. Um, Mm. Yeah, I I really, really enjoyed this match. And again, I feel like with every segment, we're just putting over Jericho and how good Jericho is. But Jericho was so good at putting Kenny Omega over in this match, even though he was being totally healed and talking about his being a pumpkin head, how he doesn't like him in this and either. Every single time was punctuated with, he's one of the best I've ever been in the ring with. And they talk like, like Schiavani brings up the Tokyo Dome match. And he's like, did I lose that match? I don't really remember. I don't remember. Yeah. My memory's not that great. But always was putting over how good Kenny Omega is. He's, he's excellent in this role. Hmm. Uh, after that, we got Scorpio Sky um, and his video package. We've already covered that. It's very good. Um, it's going to have a part two and possibly part three later, it seems. Uh, Dustin uh, calls Cody. They speak to each other over the phone. And Cody's like, if I can't beat that son of a bitch, Kip Sabian, Dustin. I'll retire. Which uh, You said you what, Cody. What did I say? Dusty. <laughs> oh, Cody. Yeah, Dustin. So, I, I mean, I... Unless the Dustin stuff becomes a consistent tease of retirement, I I thought this was a bit. I wrote in my notes this is very Russo esque. Just you know, like when Russo mm. took over TNA and it was just like every week someone someone different was putting their career on the line for a match. And actually, I was it really really detracted from the match for me. And I I didn't overly like the main yeah. events. I really really would have preferred it without that stipulation. Yeah, yeah there's enough on the line. It's the it's the it's the tournament. Um, I I do like the way they're packaging Cody remotely as you know yeah. a superhero. <laughs> he's he he does feel like Batman the way he's taking these calls and everything. Uh, after that, from the building from the attack last week, we got Orange Cassidy's first ever yeah, TV against, match against, against our boy Jimmy, Jimmy and. Bloody hell, it was just so lovely watching Jimmy do a wrestle. I was so happy to see it. Mm. Yeah, he just beat up uh, Orange Cassidy for over five minutes, just brutally. Uh, There was another great Jericho line where where Cassidy's dumped crotch first onto the barricade, and Jericho goes, people ask us why we have barricades. It's so we can dump people on their yitzies or something onto it. And... uh, yeah, and then Cassidy sort of fired up and Penelope Ford tried to get involved. It, it backfired and Cassidy rolled Havoc up for the win. I wasn't overly oh, really? into this I, I quite enjoyed it, particularly because, mm. uh, you know, Orange Cassidy made his comeback because of a Jimmy mistake. Jimmy put the hands in the pockets. He forced the hands into the pockets and that fired up Orange Cassidy. It gave him all the Hulkamania power that he needed to make his comeback. It was a Jimmy error. Uh, I, uh, I actually quite enjoyed this. I, I, I kind of got into this, particularly by the end, you know, the ducking of the acid rainmaker. Uh, the Penelope Ford stuff was maybe a bit much and Kip doing his big dive. Uh, and then that kind of created enough of a distraction for Orange Cassidy to roll up Jimmy for the win. They kept beating him down. Best friends made the save. They're having a tag match next week. Yeah. Uh, after teasing an injury for a week, over a week, MJF's been saying on Twitter and stuff, you know, I'll have an announcement about it soon, but you know, give give me a well wishes because I'm on. You know, it's scary stuff right now. You know, teasing something bad, really. And I, the first time I read it, I thought, is this a work? If it's a work, it's a bad time to do a work. 
And then the more he did it, I was like, oh, maybe it is real. I hope he's okay. And then he reveals what it was on this show, standing outside. Did he say yeah, one of these like rats is... One of these rat house where he keeps all his women. Uh, standing outside there, he had a hangnail. Not a broken finger, as I incorrectly said in my review. A hangnail. And he had his arm in a sling because he just had a little bit of skin hanging off next to his nail. It worked me, yeah, and I I've loved actually, it. I saw some people in the comments of the, your review saying that they thought it was quite disrespectful for him and quite in poor taste for him to make, you know, to kind of use this global pandemic to get some heel heat for himself. But what some of the best heels uh, do that sort of thing, and it worked. You know, I thought it was a, it was a great promo from MJF. It's actually great to see him back on TV as well because we haven't heard from him in ages because of he wasn't around for the tapings. I, it's a good way to, you know, explain why he's not on TV either. And it was, you know, it was good MJF stuff. And he said that he's going to be back. Then he's going to win the title. And his injury was uh, covered up with Burberry because, you know, that that's the kind of guy that MJF is. Yeah, people, because I saw those comments too. People did say it's, it was in poor taste, badly timed. That's yeah. why I loved it. I don't, you know, he's a heel. Uh, I I kind of wish more heels would be so confident to risk being an asshole for the sake of creativity. I I thought it was I thought it worked well. But you know, if if you were offended, I that's yeah. totally acceptable. That was the point of the segment. Um, after that, we got the oh Wardlow came out and absolutely destroyed. Oh yeah, I've here. Wardlow kills this poor kid. Um, the spot of the match for me though is he pops this lad up onto the top turnbuckle and you know this lad's there just like absolutely out of it and he then just yanks him off that top turnbuckle and knees him in the face and it just looked like it destroyed him it was also you know he's sort of airplane spin finisher I can't remember what it's called but it was almost yeah. an F20 it's... Uh, yeah I I I thought this was a very effective squash match mm -hmm. for Wardlow. Really, really liked it. Uh, and then Brody Lee also got a squash match against Justin Law. Uh, Jericho said that this was a message to the AEW Galaxy. Wonder what that's in reference to. Uh, yeah, one with the discus lariat for the win. Really like Brody Lee's moveset. Yeah, really cool. And he stared down Marco oh, stunt Marco. afterwards, which was uh, ahead of their match next week. Um, and Marco Stunt, to his credit, sold mm -hmm. it seriously. Because I remember a few weeks ago, it was either Brody or Lance. He was like going, come on, come on then. Like, and, and a few people, Jim Cornette was one of them, I think, called him out for that on Twitter saying, yeah. why were you doing that? Like, don't don't get yourself over. And the, the point of you in this is yeah. to get them over. Uh, and he's you know, totally learned right from that, well. so that's good. Um, Brody, and Ma Brody and Marco having and a match next week. And then we got... Sorry, mate. Oh. Yes. Then there was the, the bubbly <laughs> okay. bunch. So, Sammy was very sad that Jake Hager didn't win. But Santana says it's all fine. They should do the flim flam, which I presume is a thing. I don't think it is. I think they just thought it sounded funny. I looked, I looked up, but I'm, surely we're not out of touch. Flim flam just means <laughs> nonsense. Okay. Or a or a well. Do you know how trick. good they are? Uh, then I assumed this was a thing on TikTok, and because I don't really know what a TikTok is, that I have no idea what it's all about. And they just did this silly little dance, and Sammy did it the best, 
And Jericho was annoyed that Sammy did it the best because Jericho wanted to win. And so he, had, he just had a little tantrum and walked off. Very wacky was this. It was so funny. It was also all for a bottle of hand sanitizer. Um, yeah, this, I mean, this could be the the foreshadowing to the serious part of Sammy rising up against well, Jericho. It, yeah. Jericho becoming jealous and, of you know, his Sammy protégé. lost in the first round of this tournament. Um, or, yeah, this first round, yeah. So maybe he's got, I mean, that can fuel some fire behind him. Jericho wasn't there to help him out. Jericho was on commentary. He wasn't far away. Yeah, I mean, this. I'm talking about this. This would be oh, something yeah, yeah, a year yeah, from now, hopefully. But this is like the first, very first tease. I thought this was excellent. The inner circle are just, you know, d- like a like a actually funny yeah. DX. And DX were funny in the Attitude Era, but that it doesn't. It's not funny watching it back that much now. I think this is so goofy and timelessly funny that it will be funny throughout the ages because it's making yeah. fun of themselves, not people of colour or or dick jokes and, and it, stuff like what that. What is impressive about the inner circle as well is that when they do come back out in front of the crowd, people aren't going to look at them like they're jokes. People are still going to take them as a very serious threat. I, I wonder if it, you know, we've got to see a babyface version <laughs> of the, the inner circle possibly at some point yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it works for the shield for that brief period of time Mm. and the main event was kip sabian taking on dustin Rhodes in the quarterfinal for the tnt tournament uh with the hastily added stipulation of dustin's career being on the line and yeah it was it was a good solid main event good solid stuff i just couldn't get into it because i didn't think dustin was retiring at this point so it took me out of the match because I I didn't think he was going to lose. And if he did lose, then they went back on the stipulation. That would have just been a really bad thing. So it just, yeah, I, I really, really did not like the, the added stipulation there. I didn't think it was needed. And because then if he's not putting his career on the line against Ward, uh, against um, uh, Murderhawk next week, the other one, the, the other, other big one. lad, why was he putting his career on the line against just this guy? Like, I, I, it didn't work for me. Really didn't work. Yeah, because if I, I would get that if it was Sammy Guevara, who Dustin has a you know months-long feud with. But the Kip stuff still seems quite fresh, unless something <laughs> happened on Dark. Who knows? Uh, but the, the only other thing I'd want to say about this is something I brought up in my review, and that is how I think AEW and WWE not having access to their full rosters has actually made a more focused and coherent product. Like Zelina Vega and her sexy men. Like how they feel like such a big part of Raw because they're on almost every other segment. And I got the same feeling from Sabian Havoc and yeah. Ford here. Because they they are woven throughout the show. That I mean, the, these three people, you know, for all intents and purposes, were not around hardly on Dynamite for the last six months. But now they feel like yeah, a proper little agree. faction. Completely there. agree. Um, right, so overall, I gave it a four out of five. I thought it was one of the best episodes in the lockdown era I, I so far. I think more than I did. I would have given it a three out of five. I thought it was a perfectly fine show. Um, I, I think a lot of the stuff that I really enjoyed about the show is sort of like thinking about what's going to be coming next week. I'm I'm so looking forward to Cody versus Darby next week. Um, and uh, yeah, it sucked there was no women's match on the show. Um, and considering how stacked this show was, I just I, I think that they don't have 
it really feels like the only women they had there were Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida. And I suppose there's only so much you can do with just those two. Uh, you can't just have them do squash matches every week, I guess. Penelope yeah, Ford, Pina she can well. wrestle. Yeah, Pina she's there. really good. Or she she botched a bit the other week, didn't she? But, you know, she's she is good. Uh, let's do the rest of our super chats. So, Myron Speed. When Brody asked about the height, they missed a golden opportunity for someone to be <laughs> six foot seven. Looking forward to Southern accents and burritos. Oh, it might be coming. Might be coming. So, uh, if you're not aware, because this is one of the most ridiculous things in WWE, no one is ever six foot seven inches. They're either six foot six or six foot eight. To the extent where, last year in a promo, Roman Reigns says Baron Corbin is very tall. He's six foot six, almost <laughs> six foot eight. What? Very good. <laughs> uh, the bad one, Ryan, be bad. The bubbly bunch thing this week was terrible. Made me think of them being very, very lame rather than being funny like last week. It's interesting because I don't think this was particularly that much different to last week's one. It was just, it was them being very, very silly and very wacky. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it worked really well. Matthew Robinson, Cody Rhodes with a great intro. He can do no wrong. I am even warming up well, to the next There's two fans of that now. Let's get a polo <laughs> neck for Christmas. A polo shirt. Tattle neck, they call it in America. Matthew Robinson, Cody Rhodes. Oh, we've done that one. Uh, well, it's Matthew Robinson again. Chris Jericho is the best colour commentator working today. He really makes all these shows yeah, so enjoyable. Really, really Matthew Robinson again. MJF taking those real bumps. <laughs> hangnail life. Randy Orton could learn Absolutely. a thing from him. Uh, Gabriel Caruso. I would like to share my theory. I believe that the revolt will debut during the full heel turn of Adam Page, aligning with Page to attack the Young Bucks and Omega, leading Page to revolt Ooh, against the elite. Interesting. Thoughts? Don't mind that at all, mate. It'll be, although it'd be very interesting to see if they do use that name. I don't like that idea. I think, you know, Page never really turns heel. Uh, but his infighting and miscommunications with Omega could lead to yeah. the revolt beating them. Like that's a nice out to why they would lose uh, and fuel a potential singles match between the two. Uh, Flaming breaking. The Gronk is returning to the NFL as twenty four seven champion. Yes, this happened a couple of days ago, didn't it? The the he's signed for some mm. American football team. It's funny because a lot of people sent me this on Twitter to be like he's joining the NFL again, and it made me think. It's like I think a lot of people. I don't really care about the Gronk guys. I I can <laughs> care less what he does. <laughs> Uh, uh, Craig Brown says, uh, "What Andy did last with what Andy did last night, Ollie should be the next one to shave off his hair." Uh, there's not much of it to shave. I don't think it would be that. Yeah, Josh Burke says, "Changed my work Skype location to the Steve Carino bunker, and now everyone is confused. Hope you're all well." Isn't that one of life's sweetest joys? Confusing 
your co-workers <laughs> with obscure pop culture references. I can't do it with you guys because you do all the you like all the same stuff I do. So I just do I, it with my uh, parents. I saw someone put up on Twitter today that they changed their um, Zoom background for their conference calls to uh, you know the 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 jealous uh, girlfriend meme of the guy that's looking at the but she was yes. the girl in the red dress, so they were just like looking at her. <laughs> Uh, and she has she like shows the picture very of that good. and then the email she got from her boss saying like look I really we all enjoy memes but it's very unprofessional <laughs> uh, Gabriel Caruso who would win in a shoot fight between uh, the Gronk and Brock Lesnar I'd imagine Brock yeah Brock uh, Lesnar Zornis, wearing my Indie Mania t-shirt right now it's a lovely light quality perfect for the temperature here in Cologne thank you a lot for the show thank you so much for supporting indie wrestling uh, the Josh D Dynamics says that seven eight nine joke was incredible. Here's two bucks. High five. High five. Uh, East nine said big up and much respect from Central Cali. I love your enthusiasm and the platform you provide for the wrestling community. AEW brought me back to wrestling and I've since been addicted to your channel as well. Oh, that's great to hear. But like you know, it's nice that you're watching us. But I I love stories where AEW has has either made new fans of wrestling or brought lapsed fans back. Uh, yeah, e- email us in if, if you're in a similar case. I like hearing those things. We can talk about it on the uh, podcast. Daniel Brotherson on our last one today said, I honestly think they should ban the term suicide dive. I think it's disrespectful to anyone who's been affected by suicide. Is that just me? I, you know, it's... I, where would where would you stop with banning words then? Uh, you know, you've, I I think it's I don't have a problem with suicide dive being a term. Uh, so yeah, but I'm 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 sorry mm, that it affects you. Yeah, uh, but that is the last of it. If you'll just give me a couple of minutes, I'm going to try and see if I can get into Streamlabs, but it's going very very slowly. Oh Uh-oh. dear. Well, I'll just promote Patreon then while you're doing that. Hey, no, I'll promote our WrestleTalk interviews channel. Hey, you. Yes, you. All 14,000... Well, no, not that much. 1,457 of you. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, what, you seem you, like you like long-form uh, wrestling discussion content. Well, you might like our brand new channel, Wrestle Talk Interviews, because we have been getting a load of interviews with uh, various wrestlers, thanks to our wonderful website writer, Louis Dangor, and we, we suddenly were like, oh, we should probably do something with these, opposed to just embeds on articles. So we've started a, a YouTube channel, a separate one, literally open today, uh, and we've got the first interview with No Way Jose after he was released from WWE last week. Um, so go over there, it's about an hour 20 long, so you can, you know, it's a proper sort of podcast play, uh, and give that a listen. There was a really interesting bit in there where he talks about not liking the No Way yeah, Jose you know. name. And it just being just sort, sort of, of stuck, lumped on unfortunately. it. Um, yeah, we've got a couple of messages that to read out here from uh, Streamlabs. Uh, DX Solo uh, said, uh, this was yesterday for Quizzlemania, saying, hey guys, here's the prize money once again. This week's $100 oh. from DX Solo. What an absolute guy. Uh, Jobber JJ's, that's all games charity. Uh, as is decided. this from Jobber JJ saying, Quizzlemania is great as always. Puts a smile on my face, crying with laughter. Andy's a legend for shaving his head for such a great cause. I loved this week's AEW. Chris Jericho is a gift. Sammy and Darby, future top stars. Both just awesome. Bubbly bunch. 
So the search continues for the perfect match to show a uh, first-time viewer to wrestling. Uh, have you had any extra thoughts on this um, while uh, since we last spoke? I think some Shield Wyatt family matches. They're both such colourful factions, and, and a lot of them are... are oh, they're not 20 minutes long or anything. Uh, you can kind of... The crowd reactions were so hot as well. Uh, I think it would come across how epic the first encounter was, even if you hadn't watched all the TV of them being kept apart so well. So maybe that, or maybe some uh, Rhodes brother versus was it the Shield? The Shield, the yeah. Shield yeah, match Dean Ambrose as well. and Roman, yeah. Oh no, it was uh, Roman and Seth rather. Mm. Yeah, I mean, actually, someone did recommend one of those matches early uh, in our sort of quest for this. Um, Adil has suggested Lesnar uh, versus Strowman versus Kane from the Royal Rumble. Uh, it's on YouTube. No, the one where Strowman just clocks Lesnar in the head, so Lesnar knees him in the face. Yeah, that's the one. No, I don't think uh, that's Triple a good H- one at all. Triple H, Triple H versus Sting from WrestleMania 31. I mean, it's got a lot of fun, but I think a newbie would spend most of their time just asking what's happening. Who's that Who guy? Who are the NWO? Who are DX? I bet Why e- is that man the Terminator? I bet even they would go, I don't think Sting fits in with that faction. <laughs> and his last one he suggested was Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan from Survivor Series last year? No, year before. Yeah. Was it last year? Uh, it was just after he turned heel, oh, no, so before. it would have been the year before. Um, yeah, because it was uh, Lesnar-Ray last time, wasn't it? I that is a good match. Um, I don't know if it's the one I would show a first-time fan though. Uh, it's just popped into my head. I've solved it. The Miz versus Shane McMahon at <gasps> WrestleMania 35. That's a pretty good shout, actually. Yeah, because that is. I mean, that's got a lot of nonsense in it. It's got Miz Dad, Miz Dad putting up the Dukes. But it's also a really wacky, crazy ball. Remember the bump onto the onto the Super Mario golf cart? <laughs> when he just falls. I still think, though, Bailey Sasha Banks is, is the best one. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, right. Okay, let's see what else we've got. Um, okay, so yeah, I went for a run this week, as yeah, I was telling you earlier uh, in this week. Um, thighs are still feeling a little bit sore off of it. Um, but I uh, do have some Get Betters that I would like to read out. So I think it would be a good time for us to get back into the Get Betters. Uh, how is your uh, Get Better routine going? Are you still squatting your misses? Yes, I am, yeah. Uh, so I've I've done some form of physical exercise at 10am every day for about three weeks now, apart from this morning, because instead of 10am, I'm doing a 6pm Live bar class. Bar, not the fun one where you go for a drink, but the the ballet one where you hold Hmm. a bar and you do small pulsating movements over and over again that you Hmm. think doesn't do anything. And you're like, man, this is so easy. Five minutes in, I wanted to cry. (laughs) Uh, well, this comes in from Scott, uh, who says, I haven't emailed in for a little bit. Just wanted to check in, let you know uh, that I feel like I've let you down as a supporter. Over last summer, I was listening or watched listening to your streams daily while I was working outside as a pest control technician. As of late, I've been slacking after a nine-year hiatus. I decided to return to university, as you would call it, to finish a degree. When I moved halfway across the US a decade ago, it made it difficult to finish school, even though I was three quarters of the way there. Online classes weren't what they were today. 
This has left me with a bizarre schedule that doesn't allow me to get onto the YouTube feed when desired, though I've still been downloading all the podcasts and Patreon exclusives, listening to them when I take a plane 800 miles back and forth to the one course that isn't offered online. Obviously, this was sent back in February. Uh, that said, I'm proud after a... I'm proud that after a rather lengthy delay, I will be receiving my degree this May at the ripe old age of 36. Better late than never, right? However, I heard all the tour more you guys, particularly Ollie, were going through back in the late fall, and now it relates to YouTube and feel guilty for not watching enough. Not that it probably makes much of a difference, but I've decided to let your videos play endlessly in the background of any device available, so even if I don't personally catch up on all of them, my digital footprint will have. You guys helped me get through a really miserable and directionless point in my life, and I just want to let you know things are appreciated love you all like the brothers like the brothers i never met p.s i definitely missed uh but what happened to dave just dave is there something you can't discuss or prefer not to uh take care and that's from scott oh thank you so much and yeah it was your fault <laughs> around that time why the 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 views were down how dare you i'm glad you've apologized and you're trying to make up for it uh the, yeah the thing with dave unfortunately was uh it it didn't work out. We we tried. That was part of the the same period uh, where we tried out a lot of new presenters. I don't know if people remember Brian Joyce, who writes for the website. He started making voiceover videos, sort of list ones. Uh, and we had John Hastings. We'd done Screen Grapple with Simon. We and and we tried out a lot of stuff and new presenters way too uh, fast. I think. Um, and that sort of, yeah, we decided to scale back on all that stuff, which is why that happened. But glad to hear you got a degree out of it, mate. What's it in? Absolutely. Uh, he does not say, but congratulations, nonetheless. Uh, what? Nonetheless is what I was after. It's because I was looking at an email that's right, get better. And I just sort of combined what I was trying to say. Anyway, uh, so this comes in from Drew. He calls it a non-apocalyptic gluten eater slash get better. Hey, Luke and Ollie, it's Eric again. I emailed for the first time uh, three or so years ago about the import and Rusev Ajay sent idea. Stares off screen and waits for crowd applause. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to email again to sort of answer Ollie's question about how gluten intolerant eaters are faring while we're experiencing our slow descent to the end of the world. For a little story, for a little backstory, that is, about two or so years ago, I was at my unhealthiest, weighing in it at about 350 pounds, whatever you Harry Potter weight figures are in stones. I don't know what that would be in stones. Uh, I was eating like a madman because my job uh, the year prior was a very cushy one where I'd literally watch YouTube, then eat myself to sleep for six to seven hours a day, and then work for 45 minutes. Needless to say, I developed really bad health problems because it was ultimately because my body was not able to handle gluten anymore, and now recently, over the past year or so, dairy also falls under that category. Long story short, because of that lifestyle change, I've since lost 120 pounds and growing, and again, whatever Guy Ritchie metrics you guys use. Uh, due to all that change and a more objective job uh, but that's by the by anyways yeah again sorry for the long sidetrack to answer Ollie's questions we gluten and dairy intolerant folk are fending just fine because no one else wants this crap and it's just stuck to the ceiling because <laughs> all this did was weed out those damn trendy eating lifestyle bastards sucking up everything for those who actually have no choice but to eat all the lackluster subpar replacement food because I like breathing and feeling like I'm not about to die every time I bite into something hope this gets read out keep up the good work and stay strong 
Hashtag Sawoogang. P.S. In case you guys were wondering, uh, my more active job is patrolling on a bike at the airport, which is starting to look pretty depressing and is slowly reminding me of a zombie outbreak movie and giving me almost completely dead amount of traffic we're now getting. But hey, at least I'm still employed. P.P.S. Even though I have actual results, I know it's exercise because it's uh, my job, according to Ollie. I know this isn't exercise because it's my job, according to Ollie. Again, thank you for keeping me entertained during all these uncertain times. Wow. Well done, mate. That's uh, not just sort of uh, realising that you needed the lifestyle change and identify what was causing it, which is sometimes like, the hardest thing to do and fix. You've you've absolutely smashed it. That's awesome. Indeed. What was the job where you watch YouTube for seven hours, sleep for a bit, and then do 45 minutes of work? I've also just sent you over some photos uh, that Drew attached as well to show the change uh, uh, since his uh, diet change. If you want to sort of load would those up. Would this be, where would that be? I've sent it to uh, Oliver uh, or Ollie at rustalk.com. You know the address. Ah, oh, the emails. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, well, that's that's remarkable stuff, though. Uh, the emails have not come through. Oh, oh, oh here they are. Here they are. That was nearly terrible radio. Damn. He's a singer. Seems like he was a singer at one point. Because there's a picture of him on a stage, looking trendy, but, yes, much bigger, in a leather jacket. And then it's like a different person. Yeah. A slim person From, beneath. Uh, golden Nuggets Las Vegas, it would appear as real in the t-shirts. Well done, Drew. Well, We're proud of well you. Well done, indeed. Uh, right, let's... Good year for Drew's. It has been a good year for Drew's. Uh, let's see if I've got time for this last email. Um, nope, sorry, Luke. I think we're going to have to save you for a different email. Um just because it's slightly long. I think I don't want to rush it. So we'll do that on the next podcast that we do. Please keep coming your uh, suggestions in for first time matches for wrestler or non-wrestling fans to watch. And also, can I just say, head on over to uh, wherever you get this podcast from and search for Quizzlemania and download that version, uh, the podcast version of that show as well, because it's a lot of fun. And last night's show was great. Yeah, you, you get for the full horror though. You've got to watch the video version and Andy Datsun's various stages of shaving his oh, head. Oh, he goes like Road Warrior, like Hawk at one point. Then it's uh, like a monk with a bit of sort of two thousand three Ronaldo. Then he's just got one big rat tail, and it's quite it's quite the sight. I'm very proud mm-hmm. of him. Genuinely am. Like I felt like quite quite. Oh, what what a legend for doing that for charity as well. We helped raise almost $4,000. That's incredible for NHS charities. And then, but he did look terrible for a bit. I think he's, taking off the beard helped. But before then, oh, it was upsetting. Yeah. Those are general, like genuine reactions when it, because we couldn't see him before it, it was cut to, when it cuts to Andy. So when we all go, oh my god! Yeah, it was. <laughs> That's real. Yeah, getting off the beard really, really helped his face uh, in all of that. And now he looks like uh, Keanu Reeves when he first gets out the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or the uh, the default profile picture on Twitter. 
well, that is all we've got time for for this edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Up later today, the NXT podcast will be up with Pete and Laurie. Then it's the magazine show with myself and Laurie tomorrow with potentially a guest, but we are trying to work things out and it's not quite as easy as we'd hoped it would be. Um, but yeah, just stay tuned for that because there might be something extra special going on. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.